Let's start today's episode with me reading personal correspondence from the world's best copywriter, Gary Bensavenga. How does that sound? Uh, this is, well, uh, I'll, I'll let the correspondence mostly speak for itself. This was a message he and I sent back and forth. It contained a huge, huge lesson that is going to inform today's episode. So I said, Gary, one question, and if you'll take the time to answer it, uh, to answer, it would be much appreciated. Which promotion of yours bought the retirement house, which tallied over 100 million pieces mailed? Nobody seems to know, so going straight to the source may be a long shot, but perhaps you'll kiss and tell. I believe I first heard about this promotion when Kim McCarthy sent me a copy of his interview with you. Thank you, Royfer. So the, the legend, the story, the reason I reached out was because Gary had uh, supposedly, well, he actually did. <laughs> Gary had written this promotion for one of his clients that mailed to 100, it, it mailed 100 million copies of this promotion. And in direct mail at the high volume direct response, direct mail marketers, the way that copywriters often got paid, including Gary, was a, 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 a pennies per piece mail. So he got five cents for every piece of direct mail that went out that he wrote. And that doesn't sound like a lot, okay, a nickel, whatever. But, but when you're mailing 100 million pieces, that's $5 million for a single piece of copy. Awesome. So uh, Gary, a couple days later, did reply. And he said, hi, Roy. Uh, that promotion was for a Rodale book, New Choices in Natural Healing. My direct mail effort excerpted lots of great nutrition tips from the book and interwove them with my sales pitch, all in the form of a paperback book, not a traditional direct mail envelope package. As a paperback book, the promotion was one of the first to bring to the world of book promotion two of my favorite precepts for direct mail. One, make your advertising itself look, feel, and actually be valuable to your target audience. And two, in direct mail, your format is your headline, i.e. the first thing your prospect notices and thus is the most important influence on whether he or she will read it or toss it instantly. Prospects are reluctant to toss away on a snap judgment a valuable paperback book on a subject of high interest to them. That's why it was so successful. This thinking can be applied to any advertising medium. That's the lesson of today. Uh, uh, this thinking can be applied to any advertising medium. All the best, Roy Garrett. So I immediately went to Amazon and for four bucks, I picked up this, um, this doctor's vest pocket sampler of natural remedies. The doctor's vest pocket sampler of natural remedies. And it's this booklet that is like 48 pages, uh, I guess 54, 56 something. Um, but it's this booklet that arrived with the, the, the prospect's address right there. So it just arrived in their mailbox like this. And when they received it, they're like, oh, I guess this is something I ordered. Okay, there's some interesting information in here. Awesome. <clears throat> and they would just go with that, right? And they would engage with it. And it mailed profitably to over 100, over 100 million pieces. I keep trying to say to over 100 million households, but many households got it multiple times. It mailed profitably over 100 million pieces and it bought a house in the Hamptons for Gary. And so with that, with that, today's episode 
is about new media, specifically new media formats, and generating more profits in direct response marketing, including some really, really important lessons for today online that we will cover at the end. So with that, let's dive in. These are the proven direct response marketing, copywriting, and entrepreneurship success strategies you can use today to write your own ticket and create the life you want. I am Roy Furr, and this is Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. Now, here's today's breakthrough. All right, so uh, before we dive in, as usual, I announce a sponsor of the episode. It's always me, <laughs> and I always give you a link that you need to check out. Today, what I want you to do is just join my freaking email list. If you're not on my email list, you need to be. You should not be engaging with these episodes and not be on my email list, even though most of what I email to my list is, hey, go check out this episode. There is additional content, additional offers, additional opportunities. And right now, this week, as I'm recording this, I'm, I'm in the middle of a couple different things. I'm in the middle of shutting down lifetime access to my BTMS Insiders training library. So you'll perhaps never be able to buy lifetime access again and just go back to buying monthly or annual. And also, uh, relevant to today's episode, in a couple days, I am going to be pointing you towards someone else's training, but training that is just you know, blowing my mind as far as the value. And it is very much in alignment with this Gary Bensavingo lesson with uh, the doctor's vest pocket sampler of natural remedies. Okay. Um, so before we dive, like, I want to give you a ton of examples of new media creating new profits, including some opportunities, some opportunities that are arriving on the scene right now. So, um, like, what, <laughs> but first I want to say why. I want to say why this new media thing, like, when we give someone a new media format, why does it create more profits? So uh, just as a, as, as a reference here, and we'll get to like the specific examples in a minute, but when VSLs started happening online, when, when marketers started sending people to these video sales letters where basically they took a sales letter and they read every line and the words were on screen, it felt very different than any marketing that people had seen before. And so there was this extra engagement that came from this new media. And for a little while, these VSLs were making two, three times as much as the same message put on screen, just text on page. And today there is still a slight advantage because it does a good job of like holding people through the sales message and like pulling them through the entire sales message. But, but the advantage is not as big because the media is not as new, right? It's not this new and different thing. People are used to VSLs. And, and so like why does new media create more profits? especially when you are one of the early adopters. And, and by the way, this is not like, oh, go to TikTok because it's the newest social media platform. Yeah, maybe there's some opportunities over on TikTok, but that's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about media formats for direct response messages, for conversion-focused messages. So um, the number one challenge that we have today, and it's related to TikTok and Instagram and social media and all of that, is, is this, this competition that we're in for people's attention right? That, that people have so many different distractions available to them, so many different things that are pulling at their attention. Um, and, and it's just always been a, a challenge for marketers to make sure that you get your audience's attention. It is even more so today because we have this, this marketplace, it's full of unlimited distraction. 
And there's this quirk of human psychology that actually comes from our survival on, on you know, the savannas of Africa. This quirk of human psychology that what is new and what is different gets our attention. Okay, so if everything looks familiar to how we've seen it before, it doesn't warrant as much conscious attention. Our brain is always trying to conserve energy, and one way that it's conserving energy is to reduce the amount of processing. So unless something looks different than what we're used to, our brain doesn't give it extra conscious processing because that, that extra conscious processing is costly in terms of energy, right? And so the best new media that we have for marketing is different. It's, it's, it is usually different than what people have seen before for marketing. So like what I'm talking about here, like it, it, there's, there's, a, there's a parallel online with banner blindness. It's this term that people, when they're browsing websites, they stop paying attention to banners because on a subconscious level, their brains are able to recognize, oh, that's an advertisement that I don't need to pay attention to. So if something looks like an ad, they're like not even consciously tuning it out. They're just tuning it out. And so it has to be different. It has to get their attention, but it can't necessarily just be louder in order to get their attention because being loud for loudness sake also has a negative effect on people's willingness to pay attention. Even if you get a moment of more conscious attention, people are just not wanting to engage with something that's just loud and in their face. And so the best new media is different. It catches their attention because it feels different than what they're used to seeing ads show up as, but it's also the same. It is the same as what they're paying attention to already, uh, to Gary's point. When Gary said that like, it's, it's, it's something that they're actually engaging with already, it's, then, it's, then, it's, then it's the same as something that they're engaging with already, but it's different than everything else that was showing up in their inbox. So that new and different, it taps into the survival brain. We're tuning out what's familiar. We're paying attention to, to things that are different, right? Because our brains are trained to pay attention because if suddenly that patch of grass over there looks different than we're used to, there could be a lioness in there just waiting to hunt us, right? Um, or, or, you know, if the patch of grass looks the same, then there's less need for, for, uh, caution and we can focus on other things, but the different, but same media does a great job of hacking their attention because it is something that they're already paying attention to, but it's different from how they're currently being sold to. So there's not that same level of, oh, like I can just immediately judge this as that's an advertisement. So I don't have to pay attention to it. It's, oh, this is something interesting that is similar to what I'm paying attention to already. And I don't immediately have the negative reaction of, oh, that's an advertisement. So I don't need to pay attention. So here's the thing, different but same media, this new media that I'm talking about, different but same media has always worked. It's consistently worked. And I'm gonna give you a ton of examples in a minute. And I don't want you to think that this is just some stupid list. I don't want you to think like, oh, uh, Roy just came up with a, the history of different media choices and marketing. And obviously it's not gonna be a comprehensive history, but it's gonna be, it, it, it is a fairly substantial history of different media choices and marketing and how people started engaging with things differently. So there are a ton of valuable lessons in here and I'm gonna try and hit them fairly quickly. 
So way back in the day, way back in the day, you know, there were ads, right? This is, this is you know, roaring 20s, 100 years ago. Um, there were ads that people were running and there was ads in different media. Um, and, then, and then Robert Collier was one of the early people who noticed that, okay, people are actually sending a lot of personal letters through the mail. What if we use the mail to send personal letters? Um, and, and so he sent what looked like a personal letter, but that was actually a sales letter. And it was huge. Like he was selling millions of dollars in the Great Depression. Millions of dollars, not inflation adjusted in the Great Depression, using these personal sales letters that looked like a personal letter, but were really making an offer. And they were highly effective because they were like the kind of media that people were used to receiving in their mailbox, but it was a different way to advertise. Likewise, offline, like we're talking offline media innovations right now. Offline, there we went from ads, like, okay, there's this visual ad, very obviously an ad on the page in print media, into advertorial format. An advertorial looks and reads like an editorial, but is an advertisement. And, you know, there's plenty of examples from print media of that, of you know, this looks like an article. It's everything is formatted like an article, everything, except for when you pay close attention, it's actually selling you something. And that for a very long time was the best way to make sure that you were getting attention in all, all kinds of print media because people buy magazines, people buy newspapers, whatever, for the content, not necessarily for the ads. And so they would be engaging with the content and suddenly they'd be reading your ad and not really realizing that it was. And so you got that initial attention. And then later in the uh, in the 20th century, there was the, the innovation that Gary Bensavenga was definitely a part of from sales letters, which had, they'd grown and they'd changed a lot. And there were all sorts of different uh, direct mail formats, right? But sales letters were still like the thing. You know, it went from, you know, two-page sales letters to four-page to eight-page to 16-page sales letters. But then Gary and friends, you know, other copywriters, went to these formats that looked like magazines, looked like books, looked like newsletter issues. So they have names like Magalog, looks like a magazine, sells like a catalog. Bookalog, looks like a book, sells like a catalog. Issuelog, looks like a newsletter issue, sells like a catalog, right? Um, and, and so they would put out these promotions that looked like different valuable media that people were used to paying attention to. And they would put their copy into that format and they did very well selling by direct mail in those contexts. And by the way, I'm not saying that any of this media is dead. So much of it still works today if you are using it. But these are just different examples of innovations where early on it was a huge advantage to grab onto this new media and say, oh, like there's a huge profit potential in this because people are giving it attention because it's different but same media. Same thing, TV commercials. Then you went to infomercials, which in some cases really did look like regular pro programming on the, on the TV channel, but that actually sold a product or service, right? It actually sold something. So we went from TV commercials to infomercials, radio commercials. I know people that are still doing sponsored shows right now where it sounds like a regular radio show, except for the entire show is designed as a lead generation mechanism. And so they'll be broadcasting, you know, the show that's about whatever. And it's actually designed, including they have their own commercials built into the show, 
including actually having calls to action to get people to, for example, call in and schedule an appointment or whatever. And another important innovation here that's very similar is the transition from one shot to campaign. So very famous example of this is the Dan Kennedy three-step direct mail sequence. And so he went from, okay, people are used to receiving one direct mail to now they're receiving multiple direct mail. And it's all for the same thing and it's all building on each other. And it's just, it gets this engagement because it's different than what they're using before or what they've seen before, but it's also the same as what they're engaging with. Now, I'm going to use that one shot to campaign as a bridge to talk about online media innovations because the exact same thing has happened online where initially email marketing was like, I'm gonna send an email and try and get somebody to respond. But it quickly evolved into, okay, instead of just one email to get people to respond, we're gonna create a campaign. We're gonna create a beginning and an end date. We're gonna create all of that. And the other campaign thing that people do is autoresponders, email autoresponders, where you sign up and then there's actually this, this um, dynamic se sequence that's written and it should be written from one person to another, like, hey, you just signed up, so happy to have you here, I wanted to introduce you, and it feels like this personal email, but it's a series of emails that build on each other. So it goes from one shot to a campaign, a sequence of, of different online advertisements. Um, and then in the, in the late 90s, there was also people starting to do internet marketing and there were direct mail marketers or, or direct response marketers who were starting to do online stuff. And so while all of Silicon Valley was like, hey, let's do websites and pretty websites and if we get eyeballs, whatever, and that was the dot-com boom, well, the dot-com bust happened because those websites were not converting. But these direct mail marketers said, what if we put a sales letter online? Ken McCarthy called it, uh, called it, uh, direct mail on glass, uh, or or the world's largest printing press hooked up to the world's cheapest post office. Um, that you have this ability to put all those direct mail pieces online and actually, instead of just having a pretty website, put a sales letter on a website. And it worked, it worked really well. And then another innovation was instead of having this big website that people arrive at and whatever, to actually do a squeeze page where you arrive at the, the website and the first thing that you see is a, hey, sign up for this. And you, the only way to get access to the next content is to enter your email address. And that was also powerful because it was different, but same. Um, and then things like the online sales letter started to evolve into things like the teleseminar, like finding different ways to hook people in with different media. So, hey, instead of us doing this just online campaign, what if we schedule a phone call and we can all get on the phone and you can listen to me present this thing and then at the end I'm gonna make an offer and uh, and from that offer, boom, there's some way to respond and there's some, you know, some purchase action that happens. And those worked really, really well. And then that of course evolved into the webinar where you could introduce video components and now you can do like face-to-face -face video, you can do slides, you can do whatever, right? So the teleseminar has evolved into the webinar. Online landing pages um, have have evolved into online advertorials. So, you know, we had, we had the old like, okay, you clicked an ad and it goes to the landing page that's, that's clearly an ad for a product. Well, what a lot of marketers are doing with a lot of success and have been for a while is an online advertorial. So again, 
it works like an ad, sells like an ad, but it reads like editorial. And so it might look like a blog post, it might look like a news feature on a product or service or whatever it is, right? It's written kind of like an article, but it has that conversion focus. And so you drive traffic to that and people think that they're engaging with something that feels kind of newsy. And then they start to realize, okay, but this is an ad, but it got that initial attention and those things work well. And of course there is, you know, I talked about this earlier, the online sales letter evolved to the video sales letter, right? So basically originally the, the original video sales letters were, hey, we're gonna take, instead of just having this be text on page, we're gonna read it out loud and have the text as a PowerPoint slide. And we're gonna click through those slides to have them go along with the script. And boom, we're suddenly reading the sales letter to the prospect. And there've been all sorts of innovations on that front. And then VSLs evolved into doodle VSLs. So there were people who were like, we'll draw pictures for you. And that worked because that, that got that new initial attention that people weren't used to receiving sales messages. And VSLs evolved into interview VSLs. So there's interview people. Um, and, 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 and so you'll have, you know, you'll see this a lot with the big financial publishers. It looks like a news set and they're interviewing about financial news. And it turns out the person is talking about this, this new investment and, uh, the new investment, the way that you sign, that you figure out what the investment is, is you have to sign up for their service. And so it's an interview VSL. Um, and some of the best marketers, um, and I've been involved with a couple of these campaigns, some of the best marketers almost turn it into a documentary. Right. So instead of it looking like a video sales letter or a, a studio interview or whatever, it's a documercial, a documercial. And so it seems like a documentary about this new thing, this new thing happening in the markets or technology or whatever. But it is a, a documentary that then turns into an offer, a pitch. Right. And of course, there is, you know, there's there's that transition that's also happened from like one shot online to complete funnels and like whole funnel structure and multiple offer sequence and all of that. There's also the transition from one shot to like the, the product launch formula. So there's multiple media that goes out and and all of that supports one big offer, maybe one big launch that's going on, right? All of these changes, what's happened is especially the people who are earliest to it. Um, you know, so many of them, it's, it's not that the media is a gimmick that gets response. It's that the media is actually a very effective way to deliver the sales message. It's just very early on for the people who are early adopters for this media. There are huge advantages that come because the media, instead of being a familiar marketing media format, the media is a, it, it's, it's a, a different but same format that people are used to like interacting with the media, right? People are used to interacting with these media, but there's not a lot of conversion focused, direct response focused marketers who are proactively using that and putting it in front of people, especially in the context of paid campaigns. So like clicking through from a YouTube ad or clicking through from a Facebook ad or clicking through whatever. There's not a lot of marketers who are using these campaigns to do that. And so that's where this becomes like really powerful is when you're among the earliest to, to do these paid media campaigns where it's like, hey, you know, check out this new thing or check out this thing. And people are not used to that thing that's being checked out being an advertisement, which brings me to right now, right now. 
So there's actually two that I'm really excited about. And later this week, if you're on my email list, um, you're gonna really start hearing about million dollar Google Docs. And I've started doing some experiments with them and generating tens of thousands of dollars of leads very quickly um, and and money in the bank as, as part of that. And, um, and, and it's the, basically people, uh, you know, giving credit to Ian Stanley, uh, who came up with that. There is, uh, there, there is this, this brand new use of Google Docs that Ian Stanley has, has already made over a million dollars in the last year with this, including everything from like low ticket offers to cold traffic to high ticket offers to his own list. And it's just because he's like, hey, check out this Google Doc. And there are certain advantages to this media that will probably make it very effective for a long time. But right now it's extra effective because it is, uh, because it is so, um, because, because it's, not, it's that different but same factor, right? And so if you're on my list, I'm actually gonna do something extra. I'm gonna do something extra for people who are on my list. I am going to actually offer you a, a training where I'm gonna let you look over my shoulder. I'm developing a Google Doc sales page, actually using his advanced strategy that involves choosing your own path through the sales message. Um, and I'm, I'm going to do a special offer tied to that. So you're gonna, you're gonna wanna be on my list and you're gonna wanna watch for this offer because the Google Doc sales page, like this is super innovative and even just one or two could be huge game changers for you. And I'm going to be testing this with clients and I'm actually creating a Google Doc sales page right now that is specifically designed to get copywriting clients for this media of Google Doc sales pages plus one other media that I'm not telling you about right now. One other new media that is generating even bigger results than uh, Google Doc sales pages. And so uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a look over my shoulder like, hey, if you get Ian's million dollar Google Docs program through my link that I'll be sending out, it, it's actually on Thursday, May 26th, then I will also give you a free access to my live training plus recordings of it about this, um, you know, ab about how to sell your copywriting services, how to sell Google Docs sales pages to clients. And I think that's especially valuable for most people on my list, most people who are my subscribers. So to make sure that you get that, you are going to have to order through my link because other people are going to be talking about that this week too. You have to make sure that you order through my link. And the way that you're going to get that link is by signing up and joining my email list at BreakthroughMarketingSecrets.com. I'm Roy Fur. This is your daily episode of Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. We'll be talking more about new media and opportunities like this coming up. So make sure you sign up for my email list. Again, BreakthroughMarketingSecrets.com. Link is in the description. Uh, every day and every episode, I'm here trying to help you increase your marketing genius and even just applying this idea, which, you know, full credit to Gary because he, he knew this. He was aware of this decades before most of us. The idea that we can just use this new media that people are engaging with but are not being sold to through yet to get a, a higher level higher quality of attention. That's super genius. <laughs> and I hope that you are able to use it going forward um, because it is a powerful lesson that does increase your marketing genius. So with that, I'm signing off. Join my email list. Subscribe.
Like, comment, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. And I'll catch you again in the next episode. Thank you once again for tuning in to this daily episode of Breakthrough Marketing Secrets. Remember, check out the links with this episode for even more value. Now make sure you like, comment, share, subscribe, and engage in every way you can to keep this show going and growing and delivering daily value to you. I'll catch you soon for your next big breakthrough.